from MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> Not, huh? yet. Not yet. No, no, it is. The tennis offseason? No, no, no. No oh. women's tennis to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Why do I walk into these every Just time? Just kidding, ladies. <laughs> that, was, that was purely because that's what Corey was saying right before I hit the record <laughs> button. He came into the studio with a sign saying, down with women's tennis. And so uh, that got me in the Christmas spirit. Most excited I've been for a show all year. (laughs) (laughs) Not true. Not true. Because remember, they used to be on BN and you had a great excuse. That's right. No, listen, if it wasn't for the outcome of this men's tournament, I would be missing women's tennis a lot. Yeah, I was going to say we actually had good men's tennis. That was what I was excited about. What what tournament are we talking about? I can't remember. The year-end Masters. The Nito. (laughs) It's so Nito. I'm not going to call it that. (laughs) Just call it the year-end. But that's a it's a tire company, so it's a cool, you know, manly thing, yeah. apparently. Because <laughs> women don't drive on tires, apparently. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, yes, men only, but that's not why I'm happy. Why could I be happy? Because somebody besides Djokovic and Federer won. A change is a coming. Or is it? We'll get <laughs> to that. We'll get to that. So, we are... We are the uh, recording on the Sunday prior to Thanksgiving week. If you live in a faraway land that doesn't celebrate Thanksgiving, then <laughs> it's just Sunday. I don't know That's what to right. tell you. I don't know what <laughs> dumb holidays you have, but our dumb holidays, uh, Thanksgiving's one of them. <laughs> it's not a dumb holiday. I didn't mean that. Uh, so, yeah, so it's sort of the doldrums. I mean, I can't talk about any of the awesome football today because you have everything <laughs> recorded, but you said you managed to... To, to just peek at a little bit of this tournament, huh? I did, yeah. A lot of it, actually. Dubs? Mu- did you see much dubs? I did. I, I got to see a lot. I, that's what I love about this tournament. They they actually show doubles and singles equally, which never happens right. any other time of the year. Well, they have to, because right. there's nothing else to show. <laughs> By force, yes. But no, I enjoyed it. And and as much as we talk about hating you know, no ad and these tar- tie breaks, it does make for a lot of close outcomes always. Well, yeah, right, 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 in doubles. Um, so. Well, it's nice if you have like an hour to kill, you can just turn on doubles and almost see a full match. Yeah, exactly. If you, if you don't have three hours oh, to watch a singles match. So pitiful. <laughs> yeah, somebody, one of the announcers said at some point during the men's, it's all men's, but during the doubles final, they said, uh, and we have a set point. And a break point. I'm sorry, what? Come again? Oh, yeah, that's right. No ad. My bad. Are they playing just one-point games now? Holy that's, hell. <laughs> yeah, that that is always strange. You know, break point or set point. Right. Golly. Because a set point is not exciting enough. You need to be both. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, will we ever get to a point? Well, that was the old tiebreak, right? When you got to four all. Right, winner take all. That's the only time you ever have double set point for each player or match point. Yeah, so they'll that'll we'll never get to that again, surely. But who knows? Where one point decides the match yeah. between either player at the right. same time. Yeah, that would be 
See, that's a perfect example. Look at you. You're a genius. That's a perfect perfect example of what you think you want, what you think would bring excitement. Right. But it would be just kind of after about the third or fourth time you see it, it's just kind of ho-hum. Well, especially when it's an ace or a you know ball in the net or right away. Total letdown. It, te- it would be terrible. Total letdown. So, exactly. And no even worse for doubles where I figure they probably hold ser- probably win their service point 80% of the time. It would be a huge... Uh, Ask Djokovic. Anticlimactic. He doesn't kick. play doubles, and he liked to do that. <laughs> he kicked ass this week. Yeah. Almost. Right. He, You know, he's... It's kind of weird. I, I don't know what to think after two weeks in a row of him kind of fading in the finals. That's so unusual. And after twice in a row, does that mean it's a pattern or something's happening, or is it just that he ran up against two guys that were playing out of their mind? Oh, who knows? Who knows? I think he played way too much tennis this fall. I think Federer played way too much tennis this fall. And I think it's going to hurt both of them going into 2019, honestly. How about too much tennis for Djokovic all crammed into the back half? Right. Because he sucked prior to Wimbledon. Yeah, I mean, he made he became number one in the world basically in four or five months. That's a lot of tennis. Right. Now, here's a bad thing. I don't, I don't want to start out making excuses. Because <laughs> I want to give credit where credit is. So, if you watch the Nito Finals, ATP Tour Finals, um, then you know that Djokovic and Federer went down in successive rounds to, I'll even call him Sasha. Is it <laughs> oh, Sasha? Yes. Yeah, he's Sasha. Uh-huh. I know. Hey, listen, when you do that, I got to give you, you know, your nickname. Yes. So, uh, Zverev took out the one and the two. Not really, but. <laughs> and both in straight sets. And both in straight sets, I might add. Um, now. Yesterday, so the semifinal day, I wanted to sort of make an excuse for Federer. Because I guess apparently there's still some talk about the wrist or whatever was wrong with him. Well, and they complain, he complained about the surface the whole week. He looked horrible all week, I thought, even, yeah. though he, even when he was winning. Yeah. But apparently, you know, because he was, you know, he made that comment about Paris that, oh, yeah, he was feeling, you know, his arm or something hurt. Right. Which is unlike him so much so that I 100% believe that his arm is hurting or was. Or yeah, because he or, doesn't not going to bring it up unless, exactly. it's, unless it's serious. Well, somebody asked, yeah, and I don't think he would bring it up to be a punk. Right. So I believe him. So after the semifinals, I kind of want to make an excuse for Zverev um, or, you know, against Zverev winning, uh, you know, because that goes against our narrative, <laughs> which is what? Well, and the th- here's that nobody in this current generation is going to do anything. Right. So, he, But he is 21, so he's straddling the line of both. Kind no, of. we can't do that. Well, I know. We but. called him number three in the world. He's not. He's part of the next gen, not the next next gen, and the next next gen is coming. <laughs> and is going to surpass the next gen. And the gen, which I guess is this current group, the old gen. Right. But no, so that, I wanted to make an excuse for uh, Fetter and, and sort of let him off the hook and not give Zverev any credit. And then he took out Djokovic. <laughs> now, it sounds like I'm reaching and giving an excuse. Like we said, he's played a ton of tennis in a short period of time. And and so, man, he, he definitely didn't look great. But, Not at all. But Zverev did. Right. You know, Zverev did. He actually did one thing I never thought he'd ever do in his life. Hit a volley winner? Make a volley. <laughs> Just make a volley. Not He missed he some. expectations. Than I oh, dear Lord, he missed some too. <laughs> but he made some. Yeah. You go to... You go from 0% to 50%, and 
and who knows what you can achieve in this in this right. game. Uh, so yeah, he made a couple of ollies, and I was like, huh, wait, that's weird. Um, <laughs> so what are you gonna do? Yeah, I, I it's so hard for me to be excited about him because he's just beaten no one at a Grand Slam. Well, ever. you know what? That's that's the question at hand. Is are are it, we talked about in podcast previous? Is the year in final? What does it mean in relation to the Grand Slams? In relation to bigger, you know, one um, thousands, right? And you know, <laughs> we we kind of put it in between the one thousands and the Grand Slams. I, I hate to say, change our mind now just because <laughs> Verev won it, right? But damn, I mean, look well, at the field. Well, I'm trying to trying to remember if there's ever been anyone who could do this well in Masters and do this poorly in Slams. Because somebody like Wozniacki and Halep, they struggled in Slams, but they also didn't do great. I mean, I guess Wozniacki did, but they didn't dominate. You know, the off the lower events. Yeah, but they also struggled late in Slam. I mean, choking under immense pressure. Yeah, right. Know, that's what I mean. They would choke in every final, not just a Grand Slam final. <laughs> right. So that's what I don't understand. He doesn't choke ever in a Masters, but he chokes in every slam. That's what makes no sense to me. You can't tell me he wasn't nervous in this match. Right. Because it was the last match of the year yeah. against the number one player in the world. Yeah. So, well, I, you know, hey, maybe that's the benefit of having a season that never ends. There it is can't no... be the three of five. That can't just be that. That's, that, that's got to be part of it, but it can't be only that. It's seven matches. I mean, how many matches did they play? Five? In this, he played five, yeah, yeah. all two out of three sets. Yeah. And I don't even know that he split sets in a match, actually. But, yeah, it's just, and maybe the maybe it's the every other day thing, more time to think about it. I don't, you know, I don't know. Bigger crowds. It's just strange. Yeah, it was all straight sets, top to bottom. Yeah. Which, I mean, again, straight sets, every match, beat the number one and two players. Oh, he did lose to Federer straight sets, right? Yeah. In the, in the, in the, Call it. But, you know, I, exactly what we thought was going to happen sort of happened <laughs> because this is a tale of two tournaments. Right. You have the, the round robin or the group stage, which is so dumb, by the way. I just hate it. I was explaining to a friend of mine that remember when they did that for a while on the actual tour, like very briefly. Yes. They, they did the round and, and I think everybody just hated it. Yeah. Uh, and that's what this reminds me of. It's like, it's so weird to have somebody lose. Like, it, oh my gosh, Federer lost to Nishikori. This is, this is incredible. And then Nishikori gets eliminated <laughs> four days later. Like, that was the, that was the most meaningless win <laughs> that was supposed to be a big win ever. Well, the most amazing things out of the group stage, Nishikori, I could have beat Nishikori. <laughs> I mean, In it, was, it was a pitiful. Has there ever been that big of a turnaround in a tournament by a player? Ugh. I mean, it was not good. Did, was Do you have an explanation for that? What? Why he just collapsed that much? I don't know. He said it wasn't in, He said he had no injury. Well, he could just be he doing said, that from the standpoint of being honorable. That's or what I thought, but. Oh, and one. He man. said the court was really giving him problems all week. And I'm like, you just beat Federer in the first day. It wouldn't give you that many problems. Well, it gave him problems too. So, you know, I guess maybe that evened it out. I don't know. But anyway, we knew. So, Djokovic and Federer won the groups. Right. And the groups were Guga and Hewitt. What do you think about that? I mean, it's whatever. I, that's, I don't care. No, that's I don't I, you know. I was hoping you were going to give an answer because then I was going to say I just don't care. <laughs> you were going to be the rock. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't uh, matter. No, they one do that bit. in local leagues too. They do. There's a league that plays in Dallas, and they have the 
Martina group and the Chrissy group and the and I'm like, what's the point? Like, what you're not paying homage to the number one they're ever going to see it. <laughs> right. I'm not coming to play in a Dallas league. And number two, I don't think Hewitt, unless Hewitt and you know Guga were there coaching, right, or playing an exhibition. Even I mean that may have added some cool factor to it. I don't know, but I don't see the point. Yeah. Anyway, so that was dumb. But uh, so we knew it was going to happen as far as who won the groups. That was a done deal. Then we go into the semis, and it's like, well, yeah, of course, Novak's going to roll against KA, right. and he did. Yeah. He just rolled. And then well, Federer the wind come out of your sails too after Federer lost to even watch that match because it was like a little bit, which but, it obviously didn't end up being true. But but it didn't because it's like okay, he did something he shouldn't do, right? Which is beat one of the big three in a match that matters. So, uh, so anyway, so Djokovic loses, and you're like, I mean, wins easily, and then Federer loses, and it did. Add, I think it added a little bit of intrigue. Well, the worst scenario would have been if Djokovic won that final six three six three. That would have been a horrible outcome right to the year and the tournament and everything so the way it ended out it was okay but i think on saturday everybody was a little bit you know kind of i think everyone knew yeah i think everyone knew i our uh i'm gonna say our friends they don't know who we are <laughs> but the, one of the dudes uh or one of the hosts of um the tennis podcast does uh i need to figure out how to do twitter like uh you know surveys internet in general the internet in general. Uh, <laughs> oh, polls, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I got excited acting like I knew. I don't. Oh. Uh, you, you don't <laughs> even have a Twitter. Golly, I hate you so much. Um, but anyway, he did one um, about Fedor Zverev, and nobody hardly picked Zverev. Right. It was even after they won, especially after Fedor beat him the first time. And then Djokovic over Zverev, ever, you know, it was... Djokovic in two was by far the biggest whatever, yeah. and uh, and I and anybody that didn't pick that was just wishful thinking. Right? There's no there's no evidence, no reason, no anything to pick reason to pick otherwise. No, I don't. There's no there's no nobody can act like they were some genius by if they did pick Zverev because like there's there would be no reason to. I mean, they did say the one thing that may have helped him. They did say it was kind of a slower, high bouncing court, but that obviously didn't help Anderson. Um, so I mean, it didn't yeah. help him in the fight in the semis anyway. Didn't no. help Isner win a match. <laughs> no, it, I, listen. So again, the way the group stage turned out, I mean, Djokovic beat Zverev four and one in his group, right? And you know, I mean, that weird Nishikori loss, but then Federer, you know, pretty much put it on Team and Anderson. Um. So yeah. So anyway. So. The big question, I, I think the two th number one, nobody saw that coming, and if you did, you're lying, or you just picked it just to be contrary. But the other side of that is, is um, what does it mean? You know, we've seen on the women's side them go from you know carrying some confidence into the next year and, and some women getting their first slam success, that kind of thing. Is is what are the chances Sasha <laughs> is going to benefit from this at all? Well, I think he's got to benefit from it some. If, if I mean, the problem he's had in Grand Slams, besides the fact of obviously just losing, but he doesn't even make it to the rounds to play these guys. Like, I don't think, if he plays Djokovic in the Australian, I think he's got decent chance, but the problem is he doesn't make it to those guys. Right, yeah. Same with Isner. He normally does well against those, not well, but he competes with anyone, but he can't make it deep enough to play them. Right. Um. So, but I think, I think he made one semi last year, which was the only semi he's ever made in his life. 
in a Grand Slam. So I would like to think surely he's going to make a semi again. I'm not ready to pick him to win a slam in 2019, but I could see him making a semi or maybe even a final. Because I truthfully don't know if Federer and Nadal are going to be playing all the slams. Or if they do play them, go deep in them. Or Nadal, for that matter. We don't know what in the hell is going right. on with that guy. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, if he gets opposite of Djokovic, which will probably be, they'll probably be 1-2 for most of the year. So they should be in opposite halves. <laughs> I don't think uh, he should have a good chance to make the final. Well, it's always going to be open there for him, you know, because yeah. he's talented. But, you know, really the key is, is he just beat the top two players and two of the big four or big three. So confidence-wise, boom, is that enough? Is that going to carry him through? Uh, I mean, listen, <laughs> it remains to be seen. He's got He's got to prove that more than we have to say, oh, yeah, I think that's, you know, come on, he's done nothing. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the biggest issue. It's just can he do it at that biggest stage? For whatever reason, that stage seems to be higher. I'm trying to look at the players that he lost to in... Uh, in Grand Slams. Yeah. So he lost to Chung in the Australian. Yep. Which, I mean, Chung is a good player, but he's not to the level of uh, him, obviously, and he's had a little bit of injury issues and all that. Right. And then... Uh, he made it really deep in the uh, French, but lost to a team in the quarters, who's probably the second best clay court player in the world. And then he loses to Goldbus at Wimbledon, which is ridiculous, and loses to Kohlschreiber at the U.S. Open. I mean, so that's two players that he is significantly better than. One, he should be way better than in Chung, at least at this stage of his career, and then team, who's probably his closest contemporary in terms of results. Right. So I just don't, I mean, those last two losses are kind of make no sense. Especially when he comes three months later and beats uh, beats Federer and Djokovic. Well, it remains to be seen. It'll be really interesting to see if he can pull any confidence out of this and experience. And who knows? My, my best, my best um, sort of way to tamp down any uh, hope for people that think this isn't the weakest error is to say, hey, this is all Lindell's doing. I give zero <laughs> no credit. It's all Lindell. So I got a question I got for you about this tournament is how many of these eight are going to be in this next year? Ooh wee. Djokovic. I was going to say I give you the over under four and a half. Ooh four and a half. Oh lordy. You got to say Zverev's going to be there. Well, you have to. And Djokovic. Well, and two of them. I mean. You got Federer, who's complaining about his wrist now. Hell, I mean, who knows? You know, I'm not. I would not pick him to be there next year, just because he's old as dirt. And yeah, and just because. I mean, I was joking with the lesson I taught yesterday. I said I wouldn't be shocked if he retired tomorrow, and I would be surprised, but I wouldn't be shocked if he just said, "You know, that's this is good. I've I've had a great career, and this is good enough." So Isner, no, right? You don't, you don't think Isner no. would be there? Good lord, why not? <laughs> I mean, why not? <laughs> I'll tell you why not, because you've got the next next gen right. is starting to creep up. Yeah, you got to think of who's going to take those people's places too. Tsitsipas is going to be there. Yep, yep. Hatching off. Right, he could be there easily. Nadal may not with his injury issues. Right, he wasn't there this year, but he, so, even if he is there, that helps your your under argument. All right, so here we go. I'll call their name out. You say yes or no. Djokovic. Yes. Zverev. Yes. 
Chilich. We'll skip him. <laughs> Isner. No. No. Federer. I'm saying no. Woo. Anderson. I'm saying no. Team. Yes. Nisha Corey. No. Ooh, back to back to Chilich. <laughs> so that's got me. I'm under regardless. If I the say yes, card. that's still four. Wild card. Chilich. Uh, I would say. I would say no on him too. Wow. I think it's a big upheaval this year. Woo. This is it. Because you've got Nadal could be in. You've got Tsitsipas catching off, hatching off, whatever. <laughs> I like uh, catching off better. <laughs> I guess I'd still need one more in there, but I think there's a, there's a lot of guys that could be in there that weren't in there this year. And anyway, Nishikori has just an off. He's one of those players that one year Who on, knows? one year off. Who so knows what he's I would yeah. never pick him to do anything. Yeah, it's crazy. Who knows? So, but, all right. So who's going to – let me start calling out the top – rank people in order so so i gotta have four people that are gonna be in it that weren't in it so nadal <sighs> it's impossible because he's so injury prone right i'm gonna say no just because he may be qualified but not play like this year right delpo i see i'll say yes but i'll say absolutely not he cannot <laughs> i don't even know i don't even know what's wrong with him. i don't either <laughs> he's been here's what he here's what his career he he got in a really bad car accident the problem is it was stretched out over several years of his career. <laughs> so every get an injury over here, he's all banged up. Right. But instead of coming all at once, it's stretched out. And That's, it's such a shame because everybody loves him so much. I do. And I, I don't ever know why he's not playing. It's just like, oh, where's Del Potro's name? banged up. Right. All right, so Zverev, you said yes. Yes. K.A., you said no. Chilich, you said no or yes? I said yes, ultimately. You said yes. Sucker. <laughs> you, couldn't, you, you couldn't just hold it down to three. No. So, team, you said yes. Nishikori yeah. said no. Isner, no. So, number 11 is Kachanov. Hatchinoff. Yeah, so we're All saying right. yes for sure. Number on him. 12 is uh, Borna Chorich. I'll say yes on him, Ooh-wee. too. Number 13. Here you go. This just gives you an idea. Number 13, Fonini. <laughs> no. Number 14. Here's an intriguing one Kyle Edmund. See, he's on a consistent uphill climb for the last three, you mean four upward years. Upward trajectory, in other yeah. words, yeah. I'll still say no on him. Ooh, I'm going to say yes on him. Seats a pass? Yes. I say yes. That da- puts me at seven. Daniel Medvedev? I'll say no. Schwartzman? No. Milos? Mm. Brownish? No. No. Dimitrov? No. Number 20, Chechenato? No. Yeah, and that's it. I mean, who else? So somebody out of there has got to make it that I'm not predicting. It, well, Hyung Chung is 25. Who knows? Yeah. Shapovalov is 27. But there's always some guy that gets in that's Demon, kind of unexpected. Demon Hour is 31. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, we there's some guys. I wouldn't expect people to rise that quickly, but you never know. Yeah. Because so, all no, the guys that are in this year are really probably guys that have all been in there before, except for maybe Isner. Uh, Isner had been in it before, right? I interchange him with Sock Johnson. They're all the same. <laughs> I, think, all the- I think everybody else has been in it before. We get one American every year. Right. Well, we didn't name an American for next year. So, I don't know who that's going to be. You didn't. <laughs> I'm still hanging my hat on. You still got a spot open? Yeah. Tiafo. No, Isner. I think. Oh, you think Isner's coming back yeah, next he'll year? he'll hang around. Mm. He'll hang around. This next gen's not next, next, next genny enough. Well, yeah, you notice I didn't name anybody from the... 
24 to 30 range that hasn't already been in it. Oh, it hadn't already, right. 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 It's, uh, well, the top 25 and round has is, probably been in it before. Top 25 are slim pickings, though. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, again, because exactly what we say all the time, this is the weakest. But that's what's crazy. I mean, you just listed that 13 to 20. That sounds like a list of awful tennis players. It, awful literally, it literally does. Relative to, right, obviously, relative to whatever. I mean, you wouldn't pick any of those people to win any tournament, even lower level tournaments. It's so, Bonini, Chichinato, I mean, those guys aren't winning anything. By the way, guess what? Guess what I did? I got in a Twitter fight. Oh, I yeah. got in a Twitter fight. <laughs> Just for the sake of the show. Not in a Twitter fight. A fight's a little strong. What's a less strong word than fight? Squabble. Quarrel. Yeah, a little quarrel. <laughs> just a little something, something. I just, I just threw out my normal thing, and just people Conflict. reacted to it. <laughs> no, no, I, you know, just a little ripple, yeah. not much. So, and uh, you know what? We'll talk about that when we come back. It's time to join the revolution. Go to our website, tennisrevolutionpodcast.com, to get the latest episodes, email us your questions and comments, or give us show ideas. good news about Twitter fights is you don't actually get punched in the face. <laughs> That's why pu- there are so many of them. Yeah, it's probably... Exa- no repercussions. Exactly. Now, I, I, I sent out a tweet replying to Christopher Clary. Have you heard of him? I have not. I don't know who it is. He, I, he's a global... Here's what his Twitter thing says. <laughs> and he's got a check mark. It huh? says global in the title. I'm already dubious. <laughs> dubious. <laughs> if you have to call yourself global. Global sports columnist... Is that a company, like Global Sports? No, no, no. Oh, yeah. Actually, probably, I don't know. Anyway, Global Sports columnist, New York Times tennis writer, and player. Okay. So he plays for the New York Times? He's a writer. <laughs> the New York Times. You have to make that more clear. You're a writer. Uh, the Slam since 1990, 15 Olympics, five World Cups. Holy hell, he is such an athlete. Oh, 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 oh. He wrote, okay, okay. He wrote about those things. I see. He covered them. I mean, if you played in 15 Olympics, <laughs> wow. How old is he? Wow. That's got to be obviously winter and summer. I would think so. <laughs> yeah. That's so 30 years. he started writing when he was eight. <laughs> Maybe. Or he's 117. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so I sent a, a tweet out uh, in reply to his tweet. Well, let's start with his. So his tweet, I'm looking for it because, oh, here it is. Year end, and we've, I've, I've seen these from other tw- tweeters. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen these from other people on Twitter, similar type of things. He's got listed the top 20 players and the men. And his, his thing says, his, the tweet says, year end ATP rankings 2018, parentheses, same top three order as in 2011. So, of course... Same top three order. I thought Zurev... Oh, Zurev isn't ranked top three? Not right now. Okay. He's fourth. Who cares? (laughs) So, anywho... So, of course, that led me to to do what I normally do (laughs) and insert my favorite quote. More evidence (laughs) that this is the weakest error 
in the, in the history of men's tennis. And so then you get some people liking that reply and saying, yeah, you're right. And then some people, so, um, and then somebody replied to it that says, same with those guys who didn't win slams in 2000. Oh, somebody said, I suck at this. <laughs> oh, here you go. Somebody says, depth has absolutely shrunk from five years ago, but there's no way this is the weakest error. Well, just you're proved. not saying okay, because he's going to say well, it was a lot weaker in 1878. Like you didn't, you're not, you don't mean the weakest era ever in the history of tennis. I do. <laughs> so the guys we criticize in the top ten now would have won slams in the early 2000s. Are you kidding me? So what you're telling me is that Zverev would have made good volleys <laughs> in uh, Isner, Isner would have won a slam in the early 2000s. Uh, Kevin Anderson. Well, and again, they might have won a slam. That what does that mean? Thomas Johansson won a slam. You know, I don't right? Understand? Gaston Gaudio won a slam. Like, what is that? And and we prove? have individuals that kind of pop off every now and again. Now, no, they would have been. That the, here's the key, is that if you take the top three and move them back, to, I don't care about the dum dums that are below yeah. the top three or the big three. And you move them to the 2000s or the 90s, really. Right. They would not have 50 slams. And really, to me, I mean, it's tricky because that 2000s era, I mean, like, just inside the 2000s, Pete was still around. Right. And Agassi was still around. Well, I think when you say weakest era, you're talking about the last 15 years. Well, I'm talking sort of like, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know how to quantify it exactly, like which year it starts. You know, there's maybe a gap. Right. Well, to me, a generation's 18 years. I think you're saying 2002 to now. I'm saying when Federer started his right. career. which is about then. Right. And then prior to – because I'm basing it on the era when the greatest right. – when he started versus the actual greatest ever. Well, and I my Sampras. immediate thought on that, that post that he made – what is that okay then again we've said this before there's only two potential options of that either those three guys are better now than they were 2011 or everybody else is worse so which one is it right either of those two i'll accept either of those two answers or everybody's exactly the same right and and so if they're three if they're better then they'll be the first three players in history to be better in their 30s than they were in their mid sports right ever than they were in their early to mid to late 20s in particular an individual sport that physically demands so much yeah and so that that's always my argument to that Gary Anderson <laughs> Gary Anderson and again longtime kicker for the Pittsburgh Steelers Vikings and finished his career with the Vikings. I never knew he was at the Steelers. See, of course you knew that. And missed a field goal to send them to the Super Bowl over the Atlanta Falcons in 1996. <laughs> Can you believe that? Um, Mr. Perfect. And again, maybe a kicker might be better at age 38. Exactly than they are at my age point. Exactly. But he wasn't because he missed that last kick. <laughs> he was clutch for the Steelers. But at one point in time, he was, you know, right up there in the top scores while he still is well, I was gonna the, say, you remember how many kickers will say a hoot somebody just passed him but you remember how many kickers there are that are like the number one highest field goal percentage in the history well yeah he's 28 like yeah. wait till he's you know like dan bailey is barely even in the league yeah, right who now. is dan bailey <laughs> exactly Name real kickers exactly how about jan stenerud <laughs> but yeah him? i mean these i've i know the name but uh how do you not, i thought you were a well, I'm young. football fan. i'm young um oh but no God. it's so did like Gary Upremian. There you go. Do you know that what he's the famous one who for? dropped the pass? 
or dropped the trying to throw the pass and right. So the fumbled it. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, In the Super Bowl, right? He he was gonna if they made that kick, they would have beat the Redskins seventeen zero, finishing off their perfect season at <laughs> seventeen and zero. And it's stupid. Who cares? They still won. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, they were still undefeated, so that shouldn't be as notable as a play as it is. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. It's just that it looks so comical. But so did he, did the writer... How about Morton Anderson? Yeah. Remember him? Uh-huh. Did the notable writer ever come back and respond, or did he just leave it for the bomb to go off? <laughs> Mark Mosley. I don't know him. Redskins. Are you looking at most accurate kickers? No. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, I was just curious if he ever came back and gave a reply. Because that's a weird thing to post no, anyway. Like, what are you trying to... No, people with check marks don't reply to <laughs> us. They just drop the bomb and let it... But I did out. have a guy uh, um, like it and retweet it. Yeah! <laughs> yeah! You like your comment, you mean? Yes. You know that's right. Um, yeah, and then somebody, somebody else replied to that person or somebody else. Yeah, so depth has absolutely shrunk from five years ago and before. Right, I was about to say. But there's no way this is the weakest error. The guys we criticize in the top ten now would have won slams there. No, they wouldn't have. There's no way. Well, and I hope he's not giving that argument of that anybody now could beat anybody then because that's not what we're talking about. Right. It's always a dumb argument that people, you know, Barry Bonds. Well, here's the good news. 200 home runs. Well, here's the good news about that is we have some overlap that we talked about in this podcast. Right. At, at the absolute end of Sanders' career and Fetter is fit as a fiddle and young with a ponytail and Fetter and uh, Sampras play to a deadlock five set match barn burner or almost every set was like a breaker or six you know five you know six fours and five right and Fetter won but still I mean Sampras is an old man yeah and except for Fetter and Djokovic time doesn't you know affects most people <laughs> um, but so we do have a little bit of overlap. So I actually think that that argument and Agassi played a couple of guys and it was, you know, close somewhere took, took Fetter to five and then lost also yeah. easily. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, but I'd still, but I mean, everybody does that when they're gone. I mean, Fetter is going to start losing to people easily unless he just retires, which he, I mean, who knows he may. Right. But I, you know, I would love to know who you're going to drop into a tournament in 2002 that's not in the top five right now, that's going to win. Because they would be, have to beat, you know, Hirton and, like you said, Agassi, Hewitt, well, and, and to say they would have won slams, again, is irrelevant because we've already had Delpo. Right. Chilich, you know. Yeah. Chilich, what, which, uh, when did he win? Oh, um, I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Yeah, anyway. not that long ago. Yeah, so we've had, 2012 maybe. you know, Warinka. You know, we've had some people win a couple here and there that weren't right. the big three. So that could also happen then. That do, that means, oh, wow, okay, people not in the top greatest ever are also winning slams. Uh-huh, okay. Well, it's like if you took, for the Australian, if you took out Federer and Adal Djokovic, yeah, well, some, one of those guys can win a slam. <laughs> That's not one of those three. It doesn't, you know, that doesn't prove that they're worthy of winning a slam. That just proved you took three players out. So, I mean... We're talking about going into a slam. There's the to me, there's the fewest potential winners than there's ever been in the history of 
tennis, at least in the modern history of tennis. Right. And to me, you know, again, it, it, that is the tricky part is that overlap. You know, w- w- where did the Sampras era end in the in the in the Federer era begin? Because they overlapped a bit. Right. But then as soon as, you know, Federer was still there, but the Sampras was gone, it was a slight little drop or right. whatever, you know, who, but well, yeah. yeah. Sampras went a year, even though he won that last slam, he went a year before that without winning a title of any kind. Uh, uh, yeah, any title. So, so you would say that the Sampras era probably ended before he won that last title. There was a Hewitt era of about two years where I think he was number one two years and in And now Bandian was mixed in there. Right, and won a couple slams. Safin. Right. Kier, that was the Kirtan time too. But yeah, you're not dropping uh you're not dropping Chilich or Burdich or Ferrer or Monfi or Sanga any of those slams and they're you know, winning those. Right. Because that's the people we're talking Sock, about. Sock. Jack Sock. <laughs> that's really the people you're talking about. We don't really know. Zverev could end up with eight slams. He may not be in this, you know, conversation we're talking about. But And he certainly is at the tail end of this era. Right. But he hasn't done anything thusly. So, to me, if he never wins a slam, or not never, but if he doesn't win a slam while Djokovic and Federer and Nadal are still playing, right? then we're still right. Yeah, that doesn't prove anything if he wins eight after. slams after Federer and Djokovic retire. And Nadal. Yeah, because what, I mean, what is that? That just proves he could beat all the other losers we've talked about. <laughs> <laughs> I love calling these pro tennis players losers that would all beat me 6-0, and It's all relative... It's all we all every time we say that we mean in relation to right real players. I still my favorite stat, and I will say this as long as I can, is still that we have zero Grand Slam winners under thirty. I mean that I just cannot ever have fathomed that in my life that that would ever happen. Well, and my favorite thing about reality that you have to suspend is to say, "Wow, the three greatest players in the history of the game." Ever the three Michael Jordans right. or three LeBron Jameses are playing right now at the same time. Oh, what luck we've had! Well, and that's and let's say that we accept the argument that Djokovic and Federer are as great now as they've ever been, or or very very close. Well, Zverev just beat both of them, so he must be the greatest player ever. He must have accomplished one of the greatest feats in the history of tennis. Because they can't possibly be slipping. Right. They're one and two in the world. Yeah, they can't possibly be slipping. So that's, three, he's three in the world. So that's the thing, you know. You know that they're all going to say that. Oh, these guys are, you know, beating these guys because they're aging or whatever. Well, they can't be aging. They're dominating tennis this year. They dominated tennis, right? You don't get both. Yeah, you can't use both arguments back to back. So that's the issue we always have. But I do think, you know, and again, yes, of course, it's impressive for Djokovic, Federer, at all to be the top three for ten years in a row or seven years later, whatever that whatever that stat was, but. There's a reason it hasn't happened before. It's it's not because of how amazing. It's not only because of how amazing they are. Well, and again, here's here's the thing that really we are absolutely on a razor's edge in terms of the difference between all these players. Again, we're not saying they're complete garbage, right? Even though we say that, it's not. We don't mean that. You know, literally, it it. It just means that they are not good enough to push the big three. No one is good enough to push the big three in any level of consistency. Whereas, back in the day, 
everybody was. Hell, even Roddick and Hewitt, who, and that's those are two of the bridge players, is Roddick and Hewitt <laughs> sort of, you know what I'm saying? They right. sort of were at the tail end of that Fetter or the Sampras Agassi era and, and through the bulk of the front half of the Fetter Nadal era. So, you know, those are sort of the, and they push those guys more than anybody these days. Well, and I'm just looking at this 5 through 20, you know, from 2002. I just picked a random year. And you've got, first of all, you got Federer, number six. You got Tim Him- Tim Hemman, number eight. Roddick, number 10. Now Bandian, 12. Sampras, 13. Grosjean, 17. I mean, you're telling me those guys are not better than the guys now that are 5 to 20 that literally we've barely heard of the guys right now. I mean, right. Chechenato had one good tournament. <laughs> And he's in the top 20. Cool name, though. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Johansson, who I mentioned as Grand Slam champion, was 14. Uh, and, yeah, there's some weak ones in here that you know are a little, a little less notable. Shreesha Fan, your guy, uh, was in the top 16. Was 16. Fernando Gonzalez, 18. But it, it's not a comparison. And, yeah, that was the start of your weaker era anyway. Right. So that's that was not the, even... That was sort of that transition. A couple of years right in there were the transition... And again, Sampras was 13, and he was done. Yeah, that's not even a good year uh, to go by, honestly. If you go to 2000, 5 through 20, yeah, listen to this. 5, Kafelnikov, Agassi, Hewitt, Karecha, Ingfist, Henman, Filipousas, Ferrero, Ferreira. Well, every time they have, every time they have a tennis Hall of Fame induction, they're all from those era, like you right. know, from the '90s up to yeah. na- early 2000s. I want to know who they're going to induct in five. They can't. Years. That's they, exactly it. They, it's going to be one person a year, literally. Or unless, unless they just want to spite me in this podcast, <laughs> or it'll be all the women. It'll they'll be all women. It'll be the women's tennis hall of fame for five years. But yeah, the names I just listed, all of them probably Grand Slam finalists. You know, Patrick Rafter was 15. Yeah, uh, it's it's crazy. Even the great. BG Tennis Nation agreed that I got in a Twitter little thing with him at one point and said something about I named all the Hall of Famers that were I just picked it like you did I picked a year it was like 97 or something yeah. like that and and went through the top 20 and named all the Hall of Famers and there's more now since his 2018 class right. came in right um like Bjorkman yeah or was he got it one of them I can't one of them you know Swedish type Denmark he was already in okay but anyway it, it went up by two or three more right from back in the day in those air er- in yeah. that era all hall of famers and and so I said you know who's gonna be a hall of famer this year nobody right nobody and BG threw back Stanimal right that was the only one he'd come one. with besides the big three or maybe I'd said big four back right. then whenever that was or big three but Stanimal was the only other one. Well, they're going to have to put Chilich and Del Potro in because they got they nobody won, else. They won one. Right. And now, Roddick won one. Yeah. But he was, he, was, number one. he was a threat. A bunch of finals. A lot of finals. And, lo- you know, and, a, and lost to a lot of Federer. Um, I can't think of anybody now. I mean, again, if you're just taking the top people, you don't have a choice. But you would have to put Chilich in because you don't have anybody else. But... I think it's going to be people like Ferrer are going to get in. They might even put Burdich in, who made maybe one final. I mean, Songa made a final. They're literally going to start looking at people that made finals as opposed to people that won a slam because they're not going to be any. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's what's going to be fun. You look at the Grand Slam, that ought to tell you weakest era. And again, 
Is it because they're playing amazing people? Yes, some. But they also couldn't beat their peers consistently. Right. right. Like none of the weak players could beat the other weak players consistently. That's the thing. If somebody just made it to the... Like Hewitt, there was one year where Hewitt lost the eventual finalist, I think in all four slams, the eventual winner in all four slams. And so like that proved that he was not one of those scrub players. Like he was losing to the best player every time. That's yeah. okay. I don't have a problem with that. Well, and listen, it's it's a hard argument in the middle of it. Right. Because 15 years from now, when they start inducting, you know, whoever from this, you know, from the- We're going to point back to this 2003, tape. 2004, 2005. Well, we'll be on ESPN radio by then. <laughs> but, uh, and it'll be because of this argument. Right. But yeah, it, it'll be born out over time. So, born a church out over time. So- <laughs> Uh, I'm right. I don't care what anybody says. I win. Yeah, I mean, I would just like to know anybody you think is going to be a Hall of Famer from the last 10 years. Jack Sock doubles. <laughs> oh, so I had a, I asked a question today, and I'm going to ask you the same question. Oh, God. And this is a totally serious question. Should Jack Sock retire from singles? He hasn't already? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't plan that. That was a good line. <laughs> See what we get that, that spontaneity yeah, we when do. we don't rehearse. That's why we don't prep out there, people. Do you understand that? Right. We have no choice. Yes. The 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 chemistry we have is garbage. When we're when we're <laughs> when we just come in here, we don't even talk to each other. He's Corey gets in here late literally every It's called building suspense. He was supposed to be here Friday. So we would have had this so he gets in here late. I'm already in the control booth because apparently I'm my own producer. He's intense researching since 7 a.m. All and the stats. He l- sits down. I hit record, and uh, <laughs> you know, good morning Vietnam comes out of my, or whatever, um, and we just go. And that kind of fun and enjoyment is what we get because of our lack of preparation. <laughs> Isn't that better than actually having stats and real, you know, information to back up our arguments? Yeah, just imagine if we had a staff that provided us anything. Thanks, Michael, for nothing. <laughs> but no, I'm saying. Like, if he is the best player in the world in doubles, or one of the three best, let's Ugh. say, imagine how good he could be at doubles if he just quit singles altogether. By the way, I watched him play doubles today. <laughs> and? I wasn't that impressed. I haven't been impressed. I don't I'm get not, it. I'm not impressed with his doubles. I'm impressed with his tennis level relative to the doubles players. So his forehand is the be- was the best shot on that doubles court today. Right. And maybe in the whole draw. Uh, yeah, I, who cares? I didn't watch. Who's going to watch <laughs> year-end doubles? That's nonsense. Well, no, I'm... Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, so so watching the finals with Nicolas Marou and Herbert. Uh, that's my French. I don't know. Uh, Sock and... Which Brian is it? Uh, Mike, I believe. You sure? I only know that because they said that one's for you, Bob, when they won or something. Oh, gotcha. Bobby okay. or something. Yeah, Jack Sock is history, by the way, because he's coming back. I think I think Bob will be back for the Australian. I know, and that's what's crazy is as much as they've won, it'd be the first partner to get dropped after winning Listen, everything. Why wouldn't either Jack Sock, of course, we already think he should retire from singles, Isner or Stevie J, why wouldn't they sign on and start training in doubles? I mean, well, Stevie Isner, J. I can understand why he's making a ton of money in singles. Or Johnson or Query, for sure. Yeah. Isner's probably made $10 million this year in singles. Yeah, that's uh, true. And, but, he'll, and as I, I think he'll be in the year and next year, you don't. So <laughs> but I guarantee you Sock won more in doubles this year than singles by a, probably triple. Four to one. I would say four to one. Yeah. Um, 
So why all that practice time he's wasting in singles, he could be perfecting his doubles game and winning even more. And it's, it's not like his doubles game's helping his singles game. <laughs> Unless his singles is helping his doubles somehow. Maybe that's... Maybe. Maybe. So, first of all, no ad is dumb. <laughs> like I said, we watch, I was watching doubles and the announcer said, set point or break point. I'm like, are you kidding me? So that was the first thing. And but, receivers choose, which is, you know, even more of an, more likely to break. Which is why you don't need to be a good doubles team. Right. All you need to do is have one guy who can just, you know, return, hit those dips, just get them low yeah. in cross court, and then have a guy at the net, the off guy on the return team, just be all over the net, and you're going to have a chance to break. Right. If you can get to that, you know, deuce point, whatever. Um, so, yeah, so Jack's – Sox forehand was the best shot on the court. And what that said to me is, no, he's not the best doubles player in the history of the game. <laughs> what that said to me was, wow, he's 105 in the world in singles. Is that his actual ranking? 106, I think. Oh, my gosh. Yep. And and so, he, so his forehand at 106 in the world is better than every other shot on that doubles court, <laughs> which tells you – Somebody else sent out a tweet also that I replied to, and I think somebody liked it or whatever because people like me. <laughs> and it was about, you know, um, it was about doubles. And it said uh, top five reasons or top seven reasons or something of why, you know, Jack Sock and Bob Bryant or something, why they're good at doubles. And right. it had, you know, best forehand, blah, 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 blah. All of it was wrong except for. <laughs> forehand one right because i and then i replied oh you forgot number eight nobody in the top 200 placing <laughs> plays doubles so are none of the best players in the world play doubles so even being 100 Sock was probably the highest ranked singles player in the well her bears may be well yeah 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 so, but, but they made the finals that shows you right so still um yeah so basically i'm telling you right now if if federer really wanted to be the greatest player of all time you know who he's got to compete with John McEnroe. Oh, yeah. Well, Martina would have a little bit to say about that. <laughs> you got to work on your Andy Murray. Uh, That's the best I got. That's the best I got. I don't know how to do I don't know how to do the low, goofy voice <laughs> and the accent at the same um, time. But, yeah, that, that will never happen again. Well, no, because – but it could if he retired and then Stan – I don't know if they like each. Did they get into a little they, spat? Yeah, but they've played Olympics and stuff. Yeah. So, but it doesn't matter. Anybody. Right. Him and a doll could play. He and Hingis could win <laughs> four slams a year for the next five years. Men's? <laughs> <laughs> they probably could. Oh, dear Lord. Um, I would pay to see that. Federer and Hingis versus Sock and Brian. Oof. I don't think that would be a beatdown. I don't either. <laughs> I got news for you, man. Hingis is a baller I'm telling in doubles you, dude i'm telling you that would be a really competitive match all right so if all right so yeah so if he if he teamed up with i mean just think of that so nadal's just he's had it come on he is he's well, so sock out. and brian federer goes with the other brian Ooh, that'd be no the, the twins will be like the wonder <laughs> twin powers activate form of a doubles team if you get that reference federer would be the <laughs> did you get that reference uh i've i know what let me think Wonder well, Twin Powers, activate. I, well, I don't know what show that's from. I know it's some animated show. Forma, yeah. So you had this sister and a brother. 
They were superheroes. I was going to say, I know it's not Power Rangers. They would fist bump each other and say, Wonder Twin Powers, activate. <laughs> and one of them, this is a stupid... <laughs> and what was the name of the show? I don't know. Wonder oh, you Twins. don't even know. <laughs> Wonder Twins. I don't know. So one of them could form... The guy, I think, maybe? Can I can't remember. Can tennis season's over? <laughs> so one of them would say, form of like a gorilla or something, and they could turn into a gorilla... And the other one could only <laughs> could only turn into forms of water. <laughs> the, it was part of the Super Friends. I guess, man. It was J- so Justice st- League. It was so stupid. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure we're not going to see the Wonder <laughs> Twins in the next animated, you know, uh, Justice League <laughs> hey, blockbuster. They will make a movie out of anything if they can. Uh, oh, so that wouldn't dear shock me. Lord. <laughs> oh, they were extraterrestrial twin uh, brother and sister. Yes, that's what it says. Oh, my God. First appeared in the all-new Super Friends Hour. Doesn't oh. say what year. 95 was when it was first created. Oh, they're Exorian. <laughs> that's where they're from. Oh, okay. Well, they're from Exor, yeah. So, Zan, <laughs> the guy, can transform into any form of water, which is a powerful... <laughs> and then Jaina can transform into any animal. So the girl could transform into an animal and the guy into water. <laughs> Who was drunk? <laughs> that is unbelievable. Um, and but, we the reason we're talking about that is in the honor of the death of Stan Lee. There you go. But see, Fetter, he would not ever take it seriously enough to even try to win more than one or two doubles slams. And what is going to entice him to do that? I don't... Me talking smack on this <laughs> podcast that he's a chump and he can't be... He'll never be the greatest ever until he starts racking up some doubles grand slams. Yeah, that's never going to happen. I know. So what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying, though. Right. But he could easily be number one. He could be number one in the world in three months in right. doubles. I could see that. In three months. Yeah, he's already got the serve and the net game. Obviously, His- the ground strokes. His net game, he looked, yeah. So, anyway. So, what? So yeah. So, in other words, big deal. Jack Sock is the best singles player in all of the doubles draw or the, all, you know, the top 50 teams in the world. <laughs> and singles players are so superior to the level of doubles players that it shows up when somebody with just a huge forehand uh, can just beat that ball around the court with a forehand. And win the year-end championship. Well, and I'll ask follow-up to that. What about in 2019 if they announce that they're going to have equal prize money for singles and doubles? What do you think happens? Like, do all those guys now play doubles or they still don't care? Every tournament in the in the world goes out of business. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Equal, but they might drop the singles, you know, to two million instead of Three and a half or whatever. I like are. it. Yes. But I mean, they're t- it's two million, two million, two million, two million. Singles, doubles, mixed doubles. Hmm. I mean, everybody's, they're all going to play. First of right? all, they should get rid of mixed doubles. I know you were going to say that. All together. <laughs> it's absurd. But I'm saying all the people would play, no, don't you wouldn't. think? No. Not even for the extra no. two million or possible two million? The lo- you know what? If you're outside of the top 20, probably. Yeah. If you are within striking distance of the top 10, Top eight it's year end worth, stuff. Not worth you messing may, up your you stuff. may not. Which they're wrong. Yeah. Once you slow down, there was a little hullabaloo about the, you know, about the. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> golly, <laughs> there was a hullabaloo about the season being too long. Like Zverev said something, and yeah. uh, you know, so I think 
Was it Yevgeny Kafelnikov? <laughs> who was it that said that? Who said that? Some some old player from oh, somebody came out from said, a real air <laughs> said that it's BS that we used to play ninety eight weeks a year <laughs> uphill both ways. That was probably Davidenko. No, no, it, every turn. it was somebody. It, it was. It feels like it was. I don't know. It doesn't matter anyway. But the other side of that is, don't take all this money to go play exhibitions and do all this dumb stuff if oh, the season's too long. I guarantee you Zverev played more than anybody else on the tour. Right. Like, he and team play every tournament. So, yeah, I don't now, see how Now, they that... feel like they have to, of course, because, you know, the points are there, et cetera. And since they can't actually beat the top three, typically, they have to play everybody else and beat everybody else to stay up there. They might feel compelled to to play all of them but still anyway back to doubles um yeah here it is Verev slams the ridiculous length of the tennis season that was four days ago does it say who who replied to him and called him a chump <laughs> no i haven't found that his yet. coach <laughs> <laughs> no Lindo. oh kafelnikov you're right yeah baby i know stuff i know stuff he said kafelnikov said fed up with his bullshit <laughs> <laughs> He said uh, he might not remember the season of the 90s when the Grand Slam Cup was ending on December 10th. When uh, they used to play five setters in the finals of the Masters. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's... Uh, okay, so there was a record this year. Did you see this? Uh, set the record for uncompetitiveness. There were 12 straight set matches out of 15, which is the most they've ever been in the history of this tournament. Yep. Wow. Well, I didn't know Radwanska retired. This is in the same article. Did I you know. know. Yeah, oh, yeah, she retired after our recording last week. Oh, no, I didn't even know that. That's a bummer. I mean, although I haven't seen her play that much because, you know, she hasn't been playing and <laughs> it's been on BN Sports. She'll be a Hall of Famer. So yeah. another another tweet that uh, this is the one I've, I was thinking about, that that guy, Chris Clary, with the check mark, also the guy that competed in 15 Olympics and five uh, <laughs> World Cups, um, he um, – he tweeted out something that Novak will be the first player to go from outside the top 20 to number one in the same year. And yet again, another bit of evidence that it's just that easy. It's just Yeah, because any other easy. year, nobody would be able to do that because there would be other people. Keeping them in front right. of them. They're too good. So now. Even if they won every tournament. There would still be other guys making semis and finals consistently. Right. They couldn't even catch him. And they wouldn't, be, they wouldn't be winning every tournament. That's the right. thing. Right. Well, that too. Well, here's, the, here's the next benchmark. If Andy Murray gets healthy and comes back, a la Djokovic this year, and he rockets back up inside the top whatever, it's inside the top the five. He's the fourth greatest player in history. It's incredible. Yet another. <laughs> Jordan or LeBron. And the only reason I say Jordan or LeBron is I don't want to get into that argument because right. I don't know enough about basketball or care. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, get off my back. Um, yeah, so to me, you know, uh, Tiny Archibald. So to me, <laughs> George Gervin. There you go. So I'm just naming old-ass players. I'm not that old. Moses Malone. <laughs> Dr. J. So Magic. So if uh, so if Andy Murray comes back and goes from outside, well, I don't even where is he even ranked right now? I don't even know. I bet he's right ahead of Jack Sock. <laughs> uh, I, oh God, I hope I hope he doesn't play for another year and still is ahead of Jack Sock. <laughs> He'll get it. See, 
Murray will get wild cards anything. Sock, I don't know that people are going to give him wild cards. People, the American tournaments will. People won't even know who he is. No. He'll, be, he'll come up to the front gate of the tournament and say, yeah, I uh, <laughs> uh, ticket lines around the front, uh, sir. You've got to. <laughs> Devils players don't get to enter the locker room. So, <laughs> so yes. So, uh, sir, Andy Murray, I'm going to punch myself in the face. <laughs> he is right now 262. But to me, he wow. did the smart thing. Maybe it wasn't by choice, but of not playing in the fall. Like, what are you going to gain by playing in the fall? Right. Who knows if he's 100 or 100 Well, that's what I mean. He may not have been able to, but he's going to get in any term he wants next year. And, yeah, maybe Djokovic wanted that number one year in. But, like, Zverev, I'm sorry, I didn't realize you had to play for the last three weeks. Like, the tennis season's too long. I didn't realize it was mandatory right. for you to play. Right. Well, listen, how about this? Andy Murray comes back. Federer is banged up because he's getting older. Nadal's still banged up, and he, he wins the French anyway, so he doesn't really care about anything other <laughs> right. than that. I don't know what's after Decima and then 11 and then 12 of <laughs> So, and then, you know, you've got Djokovic, who, you know, who knows, and now you've got Andy Murray fighting Djokovic for the one spot at the end of the year. So now we can say first player ever to come outside the top 200 <laughs> to get to number one at the same year. Right. And I'm like – all right, can we please acknowledge that means something? <laughs> well, and that's such a stupid stat anyway because he wasn't like he was outside the top 20 because of his level. Well, he yeah, was outside right. because he was injured. So what does that even – yeah, it's impressive. No, no, it's not impressive. <laughs> it, it, it illustrates well, impressive. the weakness of this era. Yeah. It, it, you, you know, yes, of course. It's impressive that he was able to get back to that level. Right. But, yeah, and I know what you mean. What was impressive? That he healed that quickly. <laughs> That's the doctors were amazing. Yeah, the doctors should be getting the credit, not yeah. Can, not he, him. can they raise a trophy for? <laughs> so anywho, anywho. Um, so yeah, I continue to know that I'm right, and I, you know, I'll take these tweets. That's no problem. But, <laughs> um, yeah. I so I'm not going to get into our whole year end because we'll have more shows, obviously, but. I'm just curious. I don't know. I do feel, I do see hope on the horizon that the weakest era may be ending simply because, or maybe it gets weaker if Federer, Djokovic, and all require that well, doesn't get weaker. if you only have Djokovic and then you have four guys from the next, next gen, seats to pass, hatching off, if you have that next group coming up, then, man, what a disaster. You can't get out of it. I mean, I, I want... Well, here's what I want. I want Djokovic to finish with 21 slams and Federer 20, just because I think that'll be hilarious. Um, and Nadal. Yeah. With, and Nadal can have 22. Yeah, that'd be perfect. I want them to be yeah, right next to each other. And then, but I also want uh, them all three to retire at the same time. Like the same day. Yeah. I have a joint ceremony. Right. And then. No, they won't invite Novak. They don't like him. <laughs> and then we can really see, you know, what the level of play looks like. And I think then it'll be a free-for-all where we'll have 10 different slams with 10 different winners like we had in the women's tour a few years ago. Or 10 slams and already had 10 different winners. I wish we had a real staff here <laughs> because here's one. There's, there's only one stat that can, I don't know, maybe not. It, it, impartial, but still. The only stat you can look at maybe that can give you some real indication on the level of play. And that's unforced errors. Yeah. I have to imagine that the unforced errors for the big three are ridiculously lower. Ridiculous. 
ridiculously lower than anybody else, any of their contemporaries. Yeah. They have to be. They have to be. And even Murray, to be honest right. with you. Yeah, I was trying to think of what, if that is the best. I was going to say maybe saving break points or converting break points. I don't know. There's, I don't know if there's any other stat that matters. Because well, there are bad players that make few errors. Not bad, but like Ferrer's got a low unforced well, error count. Well, I would say unforced errors maybe to winners against maybe. Yeah. Because I don't care how many winners you hit. I mean, if you're closing right. your eyes and swinging out of your shoes and you're at this level, you're going to hit some winners. Right. But it, to me, it's like an Allen Iverson argument. I mean, how can your shooting percentage be in the 30s <laughs> and you be a Hall of Famer? Right. <laughs> I would say that you're a ball hog. Right. Um, you know, so it's that kind of practice. <laughs> practice. <laughs> that was last week's show. Yes, the, it uh, was. Press conferences. Um, so, yeah. So to me, that's sort of the way to look at it. Now, again, for Iverson to score that many points, I mean, you still have to make that many buckets right. and, you know, whatever else they do in basketball. Uh, that many field goals? No. It is field goal percentage. <laughs> but it's like you're saying, if you hit, it's almost like if you hit, you know, 40 aces in a match, well, nobody would care. Or nobody would talk about how great a serve you had if you hit 40 aces and 20 double faults. If you were just going balls out on every serve, that would be, it wouldn't, nobody would care that you had 40 aces per match. So there has to, that's kind of, he's taking every shot. Well, yeah, he's going to make a lot of shots when you take every shot. So anyway, so yeah, so, that that's sort of one, and again, there are no stats that really. I mean, it's hard because again, like I've always said, these players don't suck at tennis. They're still the best in the world right now. Out of seven point whatever billion people, they're the top ten or twenty out of seven billion people. Well, and I think really our true argument is that these players, again, five to twenty, are. <laughs> I was trying to say this in a nicer way, but. They basically would choke, are choking in important scenarios. And that's why I don't buy the argument, drop any of them into the 2002 and they would dominate. No, because they choke in the big moments consistently. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter who the opponent is. They're choking at the big stage all the time. And if they don't do it in one tournament, they do it next tournament. It doesn't matter. Like we just, I just read you Zverev's 2018. Right. You know, he, he choked in big moments repeatedly to lesser players. So it doesn't even matter if they're playing people worse than them. That's, you know, the time they're faltering. And, and again, that's why it's difficult to tell because to the naked, the naked eye, these guys look amazing, as they should. Well, I think you might agree. Would you agree now that number 20 to 200 is better than it was 20 years ago? Hmm. I mean, that's the only thing that might help their argument as well. They're playing tougher people every round of the tournament, so of course they're going to lose earlier in tournaments. I don't know. That's a hard one because there's so much flux. Because I feel like somebody 200 in the world 20 years ago maybe, you know, was not even a world-class player. No, you're crazy. <laughs> I'm trying well, to. Well, it's definitely expanded. It's a higher – there's more world-class players now than there were then is what I mean. Like 500 in the world has to be better now than it was then. Well, again, then you get in the tricky part of, you know, Roy Emerson against Federer. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, all the guys like Sampras and those guys think 
Laver and Emerson are the greatest ever. Right. So how can the best in the history of the game really think Roy Emerson with his wooden racket <laughs> uh, in long pants? Um, you know, how can he think? And, of course, obviously they don't think that they would lose to any of those old right, guys, and right. neither do I. I mean, I think I would beat Roy Emerson. <laughs> I'm just kidding, a little bit. Um, but uh, So you get into that argument of, of comparing eras, which is hard to do, but I don't know. It's a mess, man. The good thing is it doesn't matter. That's, that's the great news about all this. Well, we've got to finish on a positive note. What are you looking forward to in 2019? Uh, well, I'll tell you this. A couple of things. Zverev ha- has to be a dominant player now. Right. If I, not, I agree. I feel the same this way. This means nothing. And if he's not, if he just ends up being, winning one Masters, and again, this is comparing to the you know the best players in the world. Right. People relax. He's not he's not fighting you know to to make a four or five league team. I get it, <laughs> but if he if he if his season looks exactly like it's looked for the past four or five years, then this tournament now gets demoted to me below a one thousand. So it's Grand Slams, one thousands, then the year end, then you know other whatever and then you know well in my opinion he has he has to make the semis the australian or it's a huge letdown because he's not going to play better than Djokovic for the semis so losing anybody else it would be a disappointment in my opinion yeah or some of these new guys that that if they're stepping up and doing their thing yeah i mean if he lost a five setter to ct plus but again he's supposed to be ahead of those guys you know that's the thing he's that would be great for those guys, but he's supposed to be already there. Those right. guys are still trying to get there. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, he's got it, and he's got to look good in his loss. Yeah, team is maybe the only guy that he could maybe lose to, and I would accept it. Okay, well, he lost to somebody who's a couple years older, been to the bigger stages more, so you know, even though he's ranked lower, I would accept that. Yeah. But if he loses to yeah. a Chilich even or Anderson or you know somebody like that, I'm going to say that's a disappointment for him. Agreed. Oh, and Jack Sock, number one in the world at the end of next year. Will he win this tournament again next year in doubles? Because <laughs> uh, that's tricky because he won't be with the Bryan brother. Then I'm going to say no. Woo, and I'm going to say he wee. will not be the best, I use air quotes, doubles player in the world because he won't have the Bryans, one of the Bryans with him. Wow. Unless that Bryan retires, which is maybe possible. Well, yeah, maybe. But both the other one could retire, too. You would think they'd both retire together and ride off yeah. in the sunset. I uh, w- so Sock literally will not be qualified for the Australian. He will have to be in qualifying of the Australian. Well, I mean, not counting injuries, et cetera. I mean, who knows? That's true. You know, but uh, yeah, and he could play a warm up or something. And he may get a wild card because he's going to be in doubles, right? So, and well, good. Listen, good for him. He's making money. You know, winning doubles tournaments, you make money. Beats a beats a regular job any day. <laughs> so we're going to say his singles ranking is better next year, and his doubles ranking is worse got to be better than 106 right so we ha- all right so would you do it like percentage drop and percentage rise i would not <laughs> i begin to know how to do that math no. so if you know how to do that math call in so he's at 106 now so we'll say at the beginning of the australian open the day the australian open starts will his doubles ranking drop more than his singles ranking <laughs> rises well, I don't even know if he'll play any between now and then. 
Yeah, well, that's why it's a it's a yeah it's a good starting. I point. mean, at the end of 2019. No, no, know. I know, but I'm, oh, okay. I'm using that the beginning of the Australian as the starting point for his ranking. Okay. So whatever he is on day one of Australia, will he? Where will he be? I think he's got to be number one in doubles. Or I close. think I think he's going right, but if he only drops to like number five in doubles, yeah, but only gets up to seventy in singles, then you know right. doubles wins. Yeah. But if he drops to fifteen in doubles, but gets up into the forties, <laughs> I think that's I think that's a, a, win, a close win maybe for singles, right? Because one hundred six to forty is pretty pretty big. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think, think he's going to struggle because in singles he won't have the luxury of being seated in any tournament. He uh, right. won't get into all the tournaments. Which didn't he help won't get him in, anyway. No, he won't get in the master tournaments though because those you yep. got to be in like the top thirty or forty. He's not even close. Huh. So. He could, yeah, he could really. It'll be hard for his singles ranking to get better. Yeah. And, and I don't what, think he'll drop. He can't drop and play the challengers because he's so good in doubles. He's going to have to be at all the big venues. I think he might make the move to doubles. I, th- I think that's a, I think that's what sock watch to me. <laughs> sock watch is whether he retires from singles or not. Yeah. I mean, I don't see him retiring from singles yet, but I could see him because pl- he can get in the slams. How or- about getting retired from singles? <laughs> Because if he makes Australia, right? Because a couple people pull out and he loses in the first round. That's what I mean. Yeah. Then, then it's you know. Yeah, because basically, if you're not in the top hundred, you 125, a, you basically are retired. It's a tough. I mean, it's a tough game. Yeah. Uh, maintaining your <laughs> professional level is not easy. So you you, you got to get the financial resources. I think that. I'll I'll, I'll say this on record. He'll get. He'll be in the top eighty. At the end of 2019. In Bold singles. predictions. <laughs> Bold predictions. And top 10 in doubles. Wow. I'm not willing to say more than that because he'll be playing with some sporadic partners. He might hook on. I mean, listen, if he's winning the year in championship right now, he might have a good shot to hook on with, you know, to pair up with somebody right. long term. Well, it's amazing how often these doubles guys switch. That's crazy to me. Like that happens in our league tennis all the time, of course, but. I can't believe how much it happens on the tour. That's just because nobody likes you. <laughs> All right. Well, you got anything else? That's it. I think we wrapped a bow on it. I think we gave doubles well more coverage than it deserved. Well, they get one week a year, so it's okay. And still had to play no ad with a super breaker. <laughs> year in championship, and they play no ad super tie break. I think that gives you your answer. No <laughs> one cares about doubles. All right. So... I got great news. Maybe the best news of this entire podcast. Uh Uh-oh, it's over? (laughs) (laughs) You mean for good? (laughs) The final show. We're up to 113 on Instagram, baby. You motivated a couple people. Couple. So 113 followers on Instagram, at Tennis Revolution Pod on Instagram. Once again, I commit to you, fans, I will never send you a picture. I can't imagine what better reason to join Instagram than that. I can't I can't think of one. Twitter, you know what to do on Twitter. Look listen, antagonize me a little bit, would you? That way I can get into Twitter fights. I think that helps with um more downloads, I think. So um by all means like what is it? Retweet and like. <laughs> Retweet and like. Retweet, like. But don't just retweet and like. Get in the fight, man. If you think this is the weakest era, 
get in the fight. I feel like I'm the only one out there in the world except you, and I've dragged you along. <laughs> you didn't start out. You laughed at me at first. Yeah, we, how could we be we, we staring? We've got Federer. You, exactly. <laughs> you laughed at me at first, and I think I've dragged you along. So, Tennis Rev Pod on Twitter. So, follow us on that. And, uh, and again, that one I will tweet, but not any pictures. So that's good. I do tweet out the episodes. So you can download it. And for Pete's sakes, quit downloading it off of Facebook or off of, of uh, Twitter. Actually, subscribe to it for Pete's sakes. I think Make I'm, it easy on yourself. I think I'm going to defriend everyone or unfriend on <laughs> Facebook. It's just too many. I've got like almost 5,000. I've started <laughs> that process. Can never like, have too many friends. Well, I send them a link. I literally have 5,000 friends. I don't know any of them. <laughs> so what does that tell you? They're not real friends. That's they right. don't like me for me. That's right. Okay. Um, so, but anyway, go subscribe for Pete's sakes. And you know what else you could do? I don't know if this helps or not. I haven't said this since 83. <laughs> go uh, review, like hit the little star thing oh, and tell go. everybody this thing is awesome. Yeah. Because it is, and you know it is. Um, if you're listening to this, either it's your first time listening and you hate it, or you think it's awesome, which is why you're still listening to it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, go do that. Go rate and review whatever that does or whatever that means. I think that kicks it out to more people, et cetera. Now, if you're going to write a bad review, hey, just tell somebody, you ain't got to put it online. <laughs> Nobody cares about your opinion. All right. <laughs> you don't have anything nice to say. Yeah. Didn't anybody ever teach you that? If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it in stars. Yeah. All right. So, um, next week, Thanksgiving. We don't care, do we? We don't. We don't like our families or anything. <laughs> We're going to be right in here. That's We've right. got a little tidbit for you. So, um, yeah. So as you're as you're bloated and you know on the couch, still asleep for two days after th- three days after Thanksgiving, check us out. We'll be there for you on Thanksgiving weekend with a little a little tidbit, a little special holiday podcast. It's not not holiday themed at all. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway. All right, anything else? That's it. Oh, fantastic. Um, subscribe, rate, and review. And until next time, thanks for joining the revolution. Bye, guys.